Welcome all of you fellow arcanists out there to the Frith Guild podcast where we explore the amazing world full of mystical creatures and their partners. My name is Eric and I'll be your guide along this journey through pirate infested waters. So you better strap on your swords and get ready to defend the seas from evildoers. I'll be talking all things mystical creatures and swashbuckling tales throughout this series. If you have not caught up to the chapters being discussed today, I urge you to hit the pause button to read to catch up. I will be here when you get back. I'll be avoiding spoilers throughout the reading and encourage everyone to send me your thoughts and comments on the chapters and your favorite moments and creatures within. Alas, it is now time to set sail and begin our voyage across the seas. All right, starting back at chapter 10 as a recap here. Chapter 10 ended with Bulk, Iliot, and Zaxus getting ready to start their challenge to prove their worth to get into the Frith Guild. All they have to do is find a glow-in-the-dark moth in the woods at night. Shouldn't be that difficult. For those that are scared of bugs, sorry, this guild is not for you then. Alright, going over the chapter 11 through 15 summary. Going starting to chapter 11... And we're off to get ourselves a star moth. This should be easy as they glow in the dark. And we are just outside of the forest. Ilya went full beast mode and climbed a tree to get a better look scattered out. She says that there are hundreds in a clearing not too far into the woods. Alright, let's go catch a bug. What they don't realize is that the thing that makes this forest special is that all of the bugs glow in the dark. With some pure luck for Iliot, Nicolin happens to accidentally snort a moth into his face, and Iliot is all set. Just need Volk to find one. Volk not wanting to be outdone by anyone happens across the biggest of moths, and it's fair to say it wasn't because someone inhaled it. Chapter 12, Ilya and Volk were both successful turning their moths in just in time as dawn approaches. Get a little Majora's Mask vibe right there. Dawn of the first day. Ilya and Volk head back to the inn. Who happens to knock on the door? Zaxus Wren. He wants to thank Ilya for her help in the woods. While Volk is trying to listen to the conversation, Luther tells Volk to give them their privacy. And outside of that, Volk is seeming to be a lot like Mathis. Chapter 13. I thought the week leading up to Christmas was bad with anticipation, but having to wait a whole week to find out if you were selected to the guild, that is a killer. Oh, and the Master Arcanists are only taking six apprentices. It's surprising that it didn't turn into a crazy out to get each other. We find out that Volk is accepted by Master Arcanists Everett Zelfery, but Zaxus comes to rain on his parade telling Volk he will be under one the one and only Gregory Ruma. Ilya is offered by both Arcanists, and shoot, even Addy has been accepted into the Frith Guild. Alright, time to go check into the Frith Guild. Oh wait, where is it? Luckily, Ilya asks and leaves Volk in the dark until they get to the giant turtle, and meets the, the Grandmaster Arcanist, Guildmaster of the Frith Arcanist Guild, Leah Helvenair Eventide II. Or Leah, as she prefers. In chapter 14, we made it to the Guild Manor and are given the tour. Oh, and by the way, this is all on the back of said giant turtle. The Guild Manor, on the back of a giant turtle. Just to make sure we are official, 
like Facebook official, Volk and Ilya are handed their guild pendants with their names on it, names and what kind of arcanist they are on it. So, like, they did it. Well, Leah is going to go look for Master Zelfry now. A couple of minutes later, somebody wanders in by accident and looks like they just rolled out of bed and are having some Irish coffee. Or would it be Irish tea? Does that does that how that works? Sorry, bro. You must be in the wrong place. Wait, it that's Master Zelfry. Chapter 15. To make things even more confusing, the man doesn't even have anything inside of his Arcanist mark. Like he's a top secret spy or something. Nope, that's just how his mark is. Blank. Until Traces, his mimic Eldrin, changes shape into Nicolin. Guess the cat is out of the bag about what Zelfry's abilities are now. His Eldrin can change into any other Eldrin and copy their magic. Such a copycat. Oh wait, his Eldrin is an actual cat in its normal form. Or bangles that sit on his wrist, Zelfry's wrist. Alright, let's get set and get into the details on each individual chapter. Starting with back at chapter 11. Alright, ready, set, go! And we are off in the Safari Lands of Pokemon. Oh wait, wrong universe. Ilya and Volk begin searching for their star moss. And again, at first sight, they're they're expecting this to be a fairly easy thing because again, there's so many glowing star mo uh, glowing insects running around. So, the, of course, this looks like it's going to be pretty easy, but of course, you know, easy's not normal. So why would it be? Uh, one one thing that was kind of sad and and almost heartbreaking was Luther was actually like, yeah, man, like. We actually, uh, this, this, this whole forest is known throughout the, the whole of the, the area and all of the surrounding lands that it has glow-in-the-dark, you know, insects. So, you know, Luther couldn't have, could have, could have said that earlier. Be like, hey man, just, just to let you know, we, uh, <laughs> that's kind of what this place is about. So... We we do see other Arcanists, the as I mentioned earlier, the Pixie Arcanist and the Yeti Arcanist. Uh, everybody's searching for their insect, trying to to find it, and they and they they do have until sun up, you know, or dawn. So they've got quite a lot of time. And at first, it seems like that's that's more than plenty of time. But unfortunately, because of the task now of sorting through all these insects that glow in the dark, and you can't just simply just say, okay, here it is. Uh, there's there's quite a few Arcanists that are working together to find one themselves or to together, just like Vulcan Ilya, the specifically the Pixie and the Yeti. And and when I say they work together, I really don't mean that they truly work together. The Pixie Arcanist actually finds a Star Moth, and the Yeti are the actually Yeti itself, the Eldrin. I was like, hey, you said you were going to give me the first star moth you found, so better pay up or else, you know, they, they kind of imply that. So the pixie being a pixie was, you know, okay, well, I'll just guess I'll hand this over and we'll keep looking. And at first you're kind of like, oh, crap, like they're going to get, they're going to finish the task and, you know, now they're probably going to get accepted and they got accepted and they're just a bully and, you know, nobody likes that, so... So they spent quite a lot of time looking for a star moss. Uh, Nicolin actually happened to accidentally inhale a star moth pretty pretty early on, 
and it it really disheartens Volk, and he's he's excited for Ilya. Nonetheless, he uh, one one thing I really do enjoy about his character is how truly I don't want to say selfless he is selfless, but how truly supportive he is as a friend and uh the way that he treats Ilya it, it's truly comforting to know how well he takes care of her or tries to so Ilya and Volk were thinking about how the best way to find Star Moss would be and they remembered that you know moss are attracted to flames and Ilya remembers seeing lamps that were lit along the wall that the woods go up to to fortuna so they decide to start making their way towards the walls the outer walls so that way we can try to have a better chance of finding the star moth and they they happen to see zaxus and forsyth which forsyth is zaxus's eldrin the phoenix and forsyth is just attracting these moths because again forsyth the phoenix is made of fire he he is a giant lantern essentially and poor zaxus is just trying to catch one of these but every time they they go too close to forsyth they just end up in flames because forsyth again is a phoenix that is made of flames and zaxus is getting very frustrated with this and I don't know if Zaxus really intended for this or if he was just looking like everybody else did and wasn't thinking about it, but Volk had the thought of, Hey, I, we should, we should probably tell Zaxus what we're, what our plan is. He doesn't have to follow us to the T, but at least give him an idea. So that way he, you know, give him the idea of how to, how to attract the, the moss rather than trying to look for one. And, before Volk could even really you know, vocalize this plan to Ilya, she, she had already knew what he was about to say. And so she goes off to, to tell Zaxus, and Volk continues off to, to get to the walls so that way he can get looking for his star moth. So that way he can secure one before the dawn. And you know it's getting pretty early in the morning. So we're starting to run out of time. And... As Volk gets to the wall, he doesn't really see anything. And then all of a sudden he's hearing some rustling and then boom, Volk sees a moth and it may be just a little bit bigger than they had expected. So they were, they were also told that these moths were prone to, to grow when they're by corrupted magic or surrounded by corrupted magic. And this this moth has definitely been around corrupted magic as it is huge and and we're not talking huge for a moth we're talking huge like the way my head cannon is i picture it as like the size of a rhino huge and and it's just this massive thing and so Volk doesn't know what to do and and so Luthier is starting to help him. This is the first time that Luther actually merges shadow merges with Volk. And 
Volk picks up Luther's sword and Luther actually uses the shadows uh, to cover his arms to and to up to his shoulders so that Luther can help him defeat this star moth, this giant star moth. And even Ilya is, is helping because she's she actually uses her magic to teleport one of its antennas off of its head. Like it just she teleports it, boof, it's gone, it then it flops on the floor and uh, Luther Luther is actually disabled during this battle and uh, is in, unable to help Volk. Isn't isn't able to fight due to the the moss powder that's being put out. I I picture it as like poison powder or sun powder from Pokemon. And so Volk is having to use a sword that he's never had to use before, and doesn't know how to how to use a sword and. Luther is helping him and help showing him how to use it. So, so Volk isn't necessarily completely lost, but still is fairly new to this. And Volk ends up killing the star moth. And of course he's like, well, it's still a star moth. So we better bring it back and see what they say. So Volk drags this star moth all the way back to where the, the competition began where the journeyman Arcanus was that was the one giving out the, the missive for this assignment and Volk apologizes about its size and the Arcanus is just dumbfounded or awestruck or however you want to call it about how massive this star moth is. Volk is you know, basically, Hey, I hope I'm not too late. He's like, no, you're good. We, you know, you got back in time. Ilya gives uh, the journeyman Arcanus her moth, which is normal size. And the Arcanus, the journeyman actually says, hey, you guys actually did a really good job. I just want to let you know there's only going to be six apprentices chosen. And we're going to continue to do this test throughout the rest of the week until the end of the week. Um, on the last day of the week, we're going to actually be... Uh, the Master Arcanists are going to have their decisions and we're going to find out who's going to be in the Frith Guild or who's going to be taken on as apprentices. So this is where Chapter 11 uh, stops off and Chapter 12 picks up. And honestly, Chapter 12 wasn't terribly long or, or action-packed as the previous one. Vulcan and Ilya head back to their in room. They were which they're sharing, uh, just to, mainly to save on money. They they do have quite a bit that they got from Lyle, thankfully, and they've they've acquired what they've needed to as far as clothing, and and they've got been able to splurge a little bit as to get themselves something nice, something that they ever haven't ever had. And so they're just conserving their money so that way they they can go longer and sharing a room together but again they they're brother and sister essentially they don't this isn't unnormal for them or unusual for them so luther does go over you know about talks about math uh, Mathias, or i'm sorry mathis a little bit more talks about how volk and Mathias, mathis is uh, actually were very similar in personalities to each other with with the the two of them so and then we get a knock on the door and 
it's it's actually Zaxxis and Zaxxis is surprised that Volk is in the same room with Ilya and Zaxxis is like hey can I actually I, I actually want to talk with Ilya and Volk does the 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 expected I guess and, and you know he he wants to eavesdrop because he wants to know what's going on and Zaxxis is more so wanting to or to to thank Ilya for the the hint of using foresight or using a lamp basically to attract the star moss so that way he can complete the assignment. And this is kind of where we start to see a, a really different side of Zaxxis where he's actually nice and cordial and uh, he he even offers Ilya a, a room to herself if he you know if she wanted to and you know he would pay her pay for it to put her up there and everything but she she just says no it's okay we're we're working you know we have no problem being in the same room so when she does come back Volk kind of makes a, a snarky remark that gives away that he was eavesdropping on the conversation. Granted, Luther didn't let Volk eavesdrop on the whole conversation because, again, that's being fairly rude and it's none of his business. But one thing that Volk has to remind himself constantly, constantly, constantly is that Volk and Ilya are brother and sister for all intents and purposes. They may not be blood, but they've been raised together. They've been, they've lived together. They've grown up together. They've done everything together. They've apprenticed together. So they are not any kind of love interest. It's strictly a, we are brother and sister. And Volk, Volk has to remind himself that they are adults now. They do adult things. They have adult abilities. So he needs to start treating her like an adult and to start giving her her space and her privacy. And this is one thing that, you know, it's, you're not sure who Volk is going for. You, you know, is, is Volk got an interest in Ilya? Does he have an, you know, who does he have an interest in? But, this this kind of really plays out as uh, Ilya and Volk are brother and sister, and and no matter how they act towards each other, how they care about each other, that is strictly a brother and sister relationship. Moving on to chapter thirteen, uh, we we get to wake up on the day of decision day. Is basically the day that we're gonna find out who's gonna be able to apprentice with the Frith Guild and who's not. Volk ends up waking up earlier than Ilya and instead of waking her up and saying, you know, let's go, let's go check this out. He says, screw it. I'm just going to go get, I'm going to go get my letter and find out what's going on. I can't wait. I can't wait for her to wake up. I don't want to wake her up. He goes down to the guild hall. I, I kind of had that, I had a, had a thought of when he was walking down there and, thinking that man he didn't even he didn't even look at any other guilds and I, I know this is the guild that he wants this is the guild that he wanted to be in he doesn't want to be in any other guild but he also understands that he's gonna have to be in another be in a guild 
but he never applied he never applied to his uh you know quote unquote safety school so you know all of his eggs are in this one basket and we're gonna have to find out if it pans out and so he finally gets to the guild hall and they get his letter and he reads it and he's offered an apprenticeship with the frith guild and he actually finds out that Everett Zelfry has accepted him as the master. And, you know, I, I couldn't think about anything else other than when getting a getting your letter from a college and having the nerves to you're, you're so nervous about wanting to open it because you don't know what it says. You don't know if it's going to tell you that, you, you know, unfortunately, you're not accepted but you also know that you could open it and it does say that you are accepted. So there's that, like you almost want somebody else to open it just so that you can know whether or not you've been accepted or not and don't have to go through the nerves of looking at it. So, so again, Volk is accepted. He is accepted by Master Zelfry and Volk's actually about to leave and Zaxxus shows up to get his letter. And Zaxxus is actually accepted by none other than Gregory Ruma because why not why wouldn't Zaxxus get the best master arcanist to, to mentor under you know like just because Volk doesn't have to have you know isn't everything isn't difficult enough for Volk and as again as uh, Volk is there Addie shows up to get her letter and she says that she was accepted but she doesn't she doesn't say who she was accepted by. So Volk and Addie and Zaxxus all uh, leave the Frith, the guild hall. As they were leaving, Volk heard the Yeti Arcanist being really upset because they weren't offered a, an apprenticeship with the Frith Guild. And they're, well, but we got the stupid Star Moth and the. You know, the, the journeyman arcanist that was there to pass out the letters said that unfortunately none of the master arcanists saw something they liked in them and chose to pass off on them and the yeti arcanist was well they, I didn't see anybody there they weren't even there to see us so a little, little bit of foreshadowing here so they leave and it starts to snow and that's kind of odd um huh people are people seem like they're they're they, they know exactly what's going on like it's it's another tuesday and you know except they don't get to see snow that often but you know they're, so they're trying to catch the snow with their tongues and do that and they find out that gregory Vruma is in fact going to be in in the fortuna and everybody's so excited and wanting to dash off to the docks to see him and and about this point, Ilya meets up with them and was, was so upset with Volk about Volk just getting his letter that she almost doesn't even mention to him about where the guild is, but she's better than that. And she'd already been to the guild hall and picked up her letter. She was actually uh, accepted by both uh, Gregory Ruma and Master Zelfry. So Ilya was was basically gonna just let Volk figure out what 
the manor house or where the manor house is the guild manor and it, it's a fun surprise so i don't blame her one little bit for making him wait because of the fact that he didn't wake her up and because he didn't think to ask before he left the guild hall where the guild you know, where to go to check in uh, one other thing i'd like to mention is that Volk is constantly comparing himself with Zaxxus. I feel for the guy. I really do. Because Zaxxus was born with a spoon, a silver spoon in his mouth. He, you know, based off of what we know, you know, Z Zaxxus was tutored privately with Schoolmaster Tim's. Zaxxus has always had you know he's had experience traveling because when, when they got into fortuna volk was awestruck out of everything there and, and zaxis was just oh you're just an island blumpkin and you know acting like he was better because he's been off the isle of ruma a few times has money to be able to spare to to get an extra room for Ilya, and you know, it's it's like comparing apples to oranges. You can't really compare because Volk, not even not even really his parents, but just just simply the upbringing of the two. Volk was an apprentice that was basically that was adopted by Gravekeeper William. Volk was treated as an outcast not only because of his parents. But because of his apprenticeship as a grave digger, and because of the way that they, they, everybody on that aisle treated them because of their profession, and refused to anybody, everybody refused to take him in as an apprentice. So, you know, everything that Volk has, he's had to work his butt off for. He's had to do his work in the morning and study at night he's had to learn everything by himself he's had to you know read all these books and memorize all these inf this information make all these ways to remember this information so that when he did go for the trial worth for the phoenix he stood a chance and he really did stand a, a darn good chance with the trial of worth for the phoenixes when it came to the information, the only thing he couldn't get was the last few stair steps of the, the pillar. And that was because they were gone and nobody would let him learn those last two steps. He had asked everybody in town and either they didn't know or they didn't want to tell him. And even Schoolmaster Tim's was, oh, you should have just taken my lecture. If that was, if this was that important to you, you should have taken my lecture. Like, again... Not saying that William, you know, Gravekeeper William, didn't want the best for them, but they were they were grave diggers. They're you know they they technically weren't even supposed to be allowed into this trial of worth or be a part of the ceremony. Again, Zaxus has had everything handed to him and is continuing to get everything handed to him, whereas Volk doesn't get anything handed to him. And has to work his butt off for every day. So with with Volk trying to compare himself to Zaxxus. And they're both, realistically, they're both working towards the same goal. 
They both want to be great arcanists that make their island proud. They're just going at it in two different directions. And and that's not a problem. As long as they keep true and as long as they keep their nose to the grindstone and keep pushing, then great. Alright, enough of that. Right. So Ilya does explain where the guild house is and they have to actually get there before sundown to in order to accept their invitation. So they better get their, their move on, right? But where where could this be? Where could this guild house be? Because the, as far as they're aware, the Frith Guild moves around quite a lot. Well, there is a, a mysterious island that even Zaxxus and Addy didn't know about when they were sailing into the port at Fortuna. And that is because that island that was just mysteriously there now that they weren't aware of is actually Gentle, the Atlas Turtle. And when we say the Atlas an Atlas Turtle, we mean that this thing, again, is ref referred to as an island on its own. And there is a manor on this island, on this the back of a turtle's shell. Just, just again, to give plenty of context for how large this turtle is. And there's, not only is there a house on it, there are gardens, there are, you know, what, what I would call a field. So they get on a boat to get to the Atlas Turtle to be able to actually get in, you know. And so we get to meet Gentle's Arcanist, which is the Guildmaster Eventide. And we also get to meet Gregory Ruma, Master Arcanist Gregory Ruma. And we, we also understand that Gregory Ruma's uh, Eldrin is a Leviathan. So that's how he was able to make the ice or the snow and, and the wind gusts and everything in the storms earlier that everybody was. Uh, and that's how everybody knew he was there. So after... Guildmaster Eventide welcomes him, and Master Arcanist Gregory Ruma welcomes him. They start to to get be given a tour, and Volk feels a hand on the back on his shoulder, and you know he looks around, and Ilya is not the one doing it, and certainly Nicolin's not, but it's actually Luthier, Luther, and and Luther's not even fully formed. He's just using the shadows, you know, to form a hand on his shoulder, and Luther drops a pretty big bomb and says, I I recognize Master Arcanist Gregory Ruma's voice. That voice is the one that killed Mathis, his previous Arcanist. Yo, here we are, brand, brand new to this guild. Now that we know that Luther recognizes Master Gregory Ruma's voice we find out that he is a bad guy and maybe that's the reason why he did you know Volk didn't get this invitation from Master Arcanus Ruma and Volk is essentially like look before we can you know really accuse Master Ruma of murder we we probably should get some evidence but we we need to talk about this later this isn't necessarily the appropriate time because we we're brand new here so 
moving into chapter 14, we are on the back of Gentle, the giant Atlas turtle. The manor house sits on it, and everybody in the Frith Guild lives on this, the back of this giant turtle. Guildmaster Eventide is going to give us a tour of the, the Frith, Man, uh, Frith Guild manor. And she gives us our pendants, which are bronze. And on the back of the pendants, it does tell us that uh, what Arcanist they are. So Volk is Nightmare Arcanist. And that Ilya is the Rizal Arcanist. And that they are apprentices. Each individual, each time they become a new uh, class, then basically they get a, another medal or another pendant with their next rank so journeyman master grandmaster however uh so guildmaster eventide showing them around the manor house and the tour ends up into the map map room the map room is very unique in the sense that it is a giant map of the area around where the frith manor is and the one of the coolest parts of this map is that gentle can actually feel somebody touching the map and and this is actually how guildmaster eventide keeps keeps everybody on course or at least keeps gentle on course because she can plot where she wants the guild to go and gentle know will know where to go and so she essentially she puts in the autopilot and you know lets gentle do the work and, and move to where we need to go it's also stated that she can zoom in and zoom out on the map so that way she can have a, a bigger picture or smaller picture however she needs to. And so she's done showing them the map and she says that she's going to go look for um, Master Zelfri so that uh, she can introduce them and that um, that way they know who, or at least Volk knows who his master you know master is so a few minutes after she leaves somebody stumbles into the map room with them and this is one of those like kind of awkward situations because the person that stumbles in there doesn't look like they belong they have dark rings under their eyes they look very unkempt their button-up shirt is not buttoned correctly and haphazardly so uh, they, this this gentleman is pouring something out of a flask, so we can assume it's liquor, or whiskey, or some some kind of alcohol, into his cup of tea. And he's he's unfortunately as as Volk feels is uh, this is this is Master Zelfry, and he's you know viewed as a drunkard and. Uh, one of the the most intriguing parts about Master Zelfri and, and is not his lack of appearance or lack of caring for his appearance is that his seven-pointed star is actually empty inside of it. And Volk has never seen a seven-pointed star that's empty. And, and I would I've assumed this is a very fairly rare thing anyways. And, and this is right about where this chapter ends and chapter 15 finishes up. And so in chapter 15, 
uh, Master Zelfry is talking to Ilya and Volk in the map room, and uh, his his bangles on his wrist all of a sudden turn into a rizzle, and it it happens to be an exact copy of Nicolin, all the way down to his blue eyes, shiny white fur, and silver stripes. And we hear Master Zelfry say, I want to see what the uh, evocation, I believe it was, for Rizzle was. And the Rizzle shot white flames out of its mouth and disintegrated parts of the map table. And and again, this is where we, you know, I made a comment about the, you know, the old school Willy Wonka with Gene Wilder and watching these little pixels disappear and then reappear randomly somewhere else and just dropping to the floor you know these pixels of wood from the map and i i only have to wonder if that's something that uh that that affects the turtle or if that's gonna damage the map or anything like that but uh we, we haven't we weren't given any insight into that other than somebody will fix that so and that's what master zelfie says Now, the one of the bigger reasons why Zelfry chose Volk as the as an apprentice is because he wanted to know why this brand new Arcanist has a fully grown nightmare, and he wanted to get a better look at things. And after talking with Volk for a few minutes, Volk didn't seem intelligent, or to Master Zelfry, he didn't seem intelligent. Volk really hadn't had a chance to speak. Master Zelfry starts talking about the mimic and you know how Volk's never seen a never seen a mimic, or he's basically like, "Oh, this boy's not intelligent, so I, I need to go let the guildmaster know that I made a mistake." And Volk starts rattling off information facts about mimics and explains, you know, essentially what a mimic is down to a T and that kind of convinces Master Zelfry that okay, maybe maybe he is worth keeping around and Master Zelfry is walking them basically to show them where their their dorms are or where they're gonna be sleeping, the rooms they're gonna be sleeping in on the third floor of the guild manor. And they happen to run into uh, Master Ruma and Volk kinda of gets a chance to say that he's from that isle and Master Ruma basically says, "Hey, keep keep your friendships intact as best as best as you can." So, not really getting the uh, the whole murder vibe from him. Essentially, when they get up to the top, Master Zelfry is explaining to Ilya where her room is. He explains to Volk where his room is, and he also tells Volk that. Because he's second bonded, he's going to have to work twice as hard as everybody else to be able to keep up because of that second bonding. And this is going to play a huge role in the rest of the series because of the second bonding. So Volk retires to his room. He knows that there's a lot of people that are out partying and, you know, especially, you know, more so mingling, getting to know one another, having six new apprentices in a massive manner with you know, other, all these other arcanists want to at least get to know each other. 
get a feel for everybody else and who you're gonna be working with and you know basically who your who your new brothers and sisters are because that's essentially what you're gonna be into this guild luthier is convinced absolutely 100 percent unequivocally that ruma is the one that killed mathis and this is talk uh luthier talks to volk once they're in their rooms and they, they don't really want to be social because Volk's been waiting all day to, to have this conversation with Luther. So Luther is basically, I you know, believes it to his core that Ruma is the one that, who killed Mathis. He, it makes sense because of the ice storm that came in and, and basically stopped the ships from being able to leave and, and why Mathis would have died because Mathis was such a great swordsman. Volk basically has to tell Luther, hey, before we go accusing Master Ruma, this guy that's been around for centuries, who founded an island, that, hey, look, we think you killed you killed his previous, you know, Arcanist. They need to find proof. So now that Volk has convinced uh, Luther about finding proof, Ilya happens to just sneak into Volk's room by climbing through along the lattice outside the manor house because apparently it's it's against the rules for guys to be in the female section, for females to be in the guys section. And so she logically she just climbs the lattice and climbs into his room and she was talking about how she's excited to be training under Master Ruma in the morning. And Volk doesn't really look that excited. And she kind of draws the conclusion that not Volk and Ilya got the same uh, letter, essentially, that only Master Zelfri was the one that offered the invitation to Volk and not Master Ruma. But Master Ruma and Master Zelfri sent an invitation to Ilya. And and this is where you can see Volk's character quite a lot is that he actually says, Hey, look, I understand you want to be training under the betters, the better of the two. Please trade under Master Ruma and I'll trade under Master Zelfri. And she actually decides that she's going to train under Master Zelfri as well. Um, I think that this is a great uh, show of his character because he's not going to be jealous. He's not going to be openly jealous. Uh, he may be envious, but he's also not going to get his you know, sister, essentially. He's not going to try to drag her down with him just because he wasn't invited to the same apprentice or the same master. And this is kind of where we leave off on chapter 15. And so now we're going to move into our bestiary section of this podcast. So the two mystical creatures that we're going to talk about today are the Atlas Turtle and Leviathans. The Atlas Turtle is Guildmaster Eventide's uh, Eldrin, and Leviathan is uh, Master Ruma's Eldrin. Master Ruma's Eldrin's name is Decemius and... Master Grand Guildmaster Eventide's Eldrin's name is Gentle, as I've said before. So we're going to talk about Atlas Turtles. 
and they, they their evocation is barriers so they can create a barrier or ward around themselves to protect them and this is something that guildmaster eventide present uh shows later on in the series again we're not gonna get too far into that but uh we do see some of that showing later on the atlas turtles are able to their their arcanists are able to manipulate ocean currents and this is going to allow gentle to be able to move faster in the ocean and if there's a battle in the ocean that um gale master even can actually change the currents of the ocean to help her out however she needs it this is one of the few mystical creatures that we actually don't know what the augmentation is so uh, if we do ever find out we'll make mention of it and then we're going to look at the leviathans and these leviathans their evocation are storms and they basically can control wind lightning and ice and they can manipulate water since they are a water entity and they can augment uh, the augmentation is extreme mobility using winds and in addition to these three the evocation manipulation and augmentation there's also passive effects that they get or they give to their arcanus one of these passive or a couple of these passive effects are water breathing and resistance to cold this is a new layer of things that can be you know passed down and again is shown throughout the series and we'll cover those those specific mystical creatures once we get there i love how not only do they have these three core things that they can do but there's there's also passive effects that they get so again i i just absolutely love the world building in this in this series so and then we're going to move back move into our last section of the podcast which is the pillar steps again these are not in in complete order we're just going off of what has already been discussed or revealed up to this point in the book uh once we get kind of through all the ones that are mentioned then we'll kind of go to go from there but we do still have three more that we can go over this week we have step 37 which is actually the first question that volk gets asked outside of the who is the sixth uh, tax collector of the Isle of Rumor, or however, whichever the question was. Uh, Schoolmaster Times asked him what step 37 is, and that was uh, his, his answer was correct. It was compassion. Without it, we make the world a cooler place. The next step we're going to talk about is step 80, which again is the second, uh, second step that Schoolmaster Tim's asked Volk. And step 80 is bravery. Without it, we cannot act in the name of fear. And then lastly is step 111, which is actually the third step that he was asked for. And step 111 is mercy. Without it, we cannot help others find redemption. So there are three more steps. And obviously, now that I'm talking to, about step 111, it means that I, I only know 100, step 112 and then we've been given a few of the other steps, but they've not said what step number. So I don't want to put them in the wrong spot. So we'll just keep those as unknown for now. And again, once we'll 
in the next episode, if we aren't given any new steps to go over, we'll talk about those unknown step numbers and their descriptions. All right. Well, I want to thank you for all for listening. And you can find, again, you can find these podcasts on Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you get your get podcasts. Uh, my Facebook group, I have a Facebook page for the Frith Guild podcast. And you can get in touch with me on that Facebook page, either comment or message, however you want it to. And I want to give you a huge shout out to the Frith Chronicles wiki. And I would strongly suggest you to go check them out. It's a great resource for looking up things in this series. As far as, you know, they, they've got quite a lot of pictures of these mystical creatures. If you, if, if you're not like me, or I'm sorry, if, if you're like me where I, I sometimes have a hard time picturing things, these, these do give uh, pictures to some of these mystical creatures so that you get a better idea of what they look like. And my head cannon's really odd, so... Uh, I do also want to ask you to leave a review and comment for me, please. It'll really help the channel and also spread the word to anybody else that may enjoy the Frith, Frith Guild Chronicles. And thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week.